welcome to the 98th ever episode of the Bad County Funky Podcast. Uh, this is the only podcast that is literally doing all of the required reading for you for the movie. So you get to sit right. with your friends and just be like, hey, I know what's going to happen next. Hey, did you know this? Hey, did you know that Ego is supposed to be just a giant planet that goes going through space and is not supposed to be Kurt Russell? You get Greg, to say spoilers! That. Oh, wait. You get to say that. that. That's what you get to say. Uh, joining us this evening, we have Dave the Beard of Menace. I can't cast that here. Jay's Mac. Don't call me a crew thark. And TV's Casey. Hey. And I'm your host for the evening, Booster Greg. I'm, I'm like realizing I did a horrible job at writing this intro because it says the original Booster Greg, which is accurate. I'm the original Booster Greg. That's me. <laughs> Are you? You're the only Except Booster Except no substitutes. No, I'm a, I'm a time remnant that's been shot way into the future that has oh. come back to kill your loved ones. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just can't get over that. It's such a bad fucking uh, flash. What have you done? We're talking Marvel uh, tonight, just- man. No, I'm, I'm going. We're going on tangents here. Is what we're doing. Um, Let's scrap the podcast. Scrap it. It's all done. We're talking about flash. Here. There we go. <laughs> uh, if this is your first time joining us for a comic book club, uh, here's pretty much the gist of it all. This is what we do, right? Uh, before a major comic book uh, movie series, whatever comes out, right? Uh, we do some of the the pertinent reading for you. Uh, this way, just like I was saying, when you go to the theater, you get to be a know-it-all and show it off to all your muggle friends who didn't do any of the reading, and you can tell them that you kind of did. Uh, this evening, we are going uh, off of the movie's comic book counterparts for Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's pretty cool. Volume 2, specifically. Uh, that's that's coming out actually tonight. Uh, some people might have already seen it. That's great. Uh, we will be hopefully seeing it this weekend or some point in the near future for next week, this mm-hmm. evening. We are all going to uh, start off with our very own Dave the Bearded Menace, who read all about Drax. So, Dave, tell us about what you read and tell us about Drax. Sure. So, and before I go any further, happy May the 4th, everyone. May the 4th be with you. And, and also so, with you. And also with you. <laughs> so, Drax first appeared in Iron Man number 55 back in 1973, where we also got to see a little bit of... Thanos, a much smaller yet still Jack Thanos. Um, so I read basically the comic book Drax issue one written by CM Punk and Cullen Bunn, which explains a lot why I was able to read the entire comp, the entire like five issues in about in one sitting. I mean, like in a half hour, I read all of them. Damn. Um, so basically it starts off at the end of a massive battle with the Guardians. Um, and in this case, the Guardians have is, I think, Shadowcat, Thing, Rocket Raccoon and Groot, obviously, and of course Drax. Um, and I think Venom was in there also. And I Venom think. is hanging with them too. Wait, yeah, wait, Venom. Wait, with like, them. like Venom, Venom, or Agent Venom? Well, I think Agent. It's Venom. Flash Thompson. Oh, okay, so Agent as Venom, Venom, Space Knight. Hmm. That yeah, so it is pretty cool. Ah. So basically, um, they just finished like some like type of big battle, and then they're all about to go their separate ways and relax. So Drax is like, oh, well, I guess if you guys are doing that, I'm going to go, like, go kill Thanos then. Um, literally, that's exactly what it says. I guess I'll go kill Thanos. So <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's Tuesday. Got to go kill Thanos. So Rocket's <laughs> like, hey, if you're going to go do that, let me give you a ship that'll like help you get there. And the ship is a piece of junk. And Drax crashes like on a planet. And he it, basically, the, the best way you can describe the planet, it's like a giant most Eisley spaceport. It's just mm. in the middle of a desert. It's a barren world. And he walks into a bar and he's like, um, hey, I need a mechanic to fix my ship because it's a piece of crap. And then um, 
Terex walks in. And like uh, former Herald of Galactus. Yep, former Herald of Galactus. He walks in, and they're about to. And it ends with you thinking they're about to battle it out because, like, you know, Drex is like, "I'm gonna fight you." Rah! But turn out, turns out, Terex is like living a life of peace now, and he says he buys Drax a drink, hmm. and they're just drinking, hanging out, being buddies and whatnot. So the owner of the bar basically hears like Drax is looking for Thanos, trying to get off world, and she's like, "Hey, let me hire you for a job." My shit's going missing in my garage. I need you to go find it and kill the dudes that are looking for it. He's like, sweet. Goes out. Can't find Terex. Finds Terex outside, like, peeing on a pole. Literally. Um, I fucking love They Terex. come back in. Terex the Tamer. He just looks ridiculous. He's, my, he's always he says my something, favorite of the Heralds. And he's, he says something funny. He's like, he like, he's like basically like sitting there, like, peeing on a pole. And he goes, ah, why do I have to pee? I'm a celestial. I shouldn't have to do this, but I still have to do this. <laughs> and, like, um... Drax gets them. They go back to the bar, and now he's like his like his axe is missing. It was stolen, so he gets depressed and disappears. So basically, there is what it turns out was there's this gang stealing stuff like all over from like this town or from this planet, and they're stealing people at some point also. And they were stealing it for this dragon called Thertham Thum or something. It was like a Fing really Fang very weird. It's Fin Fang, Fing Fang Foom. Foom. Thank you. Fing Fang Foom was a the dragon they were stealing it from. He had some like horrible like horrible like poem that made that went into his name mm-hmm. um and basically the whole comic is or the whole series of five, the five issues i read was drax tearing people apart cutting the pieces people being liquidated arms being torn off and people beat motherfuckers being beaten with other motherfuckers like literally <laughs> beating motherfucker with a motherfucker nice um it was great but you could tell like a wrestler wrote this because again there's hardly any th- dialogue in this whatsoever mm-hmm. um, were there a surplus of ladders <laughs> there might as well have been I mean there's definitely because like when usually we do the comic book clubs like Greg always gives me like the classic comics and what I like about the classic comics there's a lot of thought process and a lot of inner monologue with the heroes um, no matter which hero I've read there's always been an inner monologue which makes the comic great but in this there's no inner monologue and Drax is a complete moron to say the least um, they basically, he's basically going around town trying to hunt for like the people who are kidnapping people. But what he's doing is just, he's just interrogating anybody. He thinks knows something and he just threatens them to an inch of their life. And they're like, I don't know anything. He goes, yeah, but if he did know something, you would tell me. And it's, they're like, that's exactly what we're saying. We don't know anything or else we would tell you, but you would tell me if you knew something. <laughs> are you being serious? Yes. If I knew something, I would tell you, but I don't know anything. Um, so it ends with basically they're like in a big battle arena and it's like Drax and Terax and this other like big mechanical machine that I thought was Thanos for a second because he had like the same color um, coloring and everything with the purple and yellow yeah. and all that stuff with blue and yellow. Um, but it's just like a machine designed for like fighting. Um, Too bad it wasn't so like Thane- an amazing Andy. That would have just like topped off the, the trio. The fact that they just brought in Fin Fang Foom out of nowhere is is great. <laughs> so what is what is Fink Fan Fu Man? He, he's definitely from something else. He's not just that. He's right? another Iron Man villain, if you can believe it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, I think so. Uh, he's a giant monster. Pretty sure he lives on Monster Isle for a while. Um, That's a good. Did we ever read Next Wave as a comic book club? No, we should. We're, I, 
So like I, I debated, but we've been <laughs> trying to have the, the comic clubs be topical as to what's going on in like media and stuff now. Someday uh, they'll make a next wave movie. Someday. Uh, I would love just like a next wave like HBO show or Netflix something like yeah. I don't know. It, it's just it's just too fucking good for no one to touch. But um, he's a big he's a big alien dragon. He sometimes messes with the Mandarin and Iron Man with and, purple underwear, right? With purple pants. Not in purple this pants. series though. Uh, in this series yeah, this he's, just, he's ditched the pants. This series is literally a giant dragon. Just a giant dragon. Mm-hmm. But he's That's been right. shrunk down. He hung out with a couple of old Marvel 60s villains as the Fin Fang Four. <laughs> he owned his own Chinese restaurant for a bit. It's, it's interesting. He's got a pretty silly history, this guy. But here he's, he's sad and depressed that he doesn't have, you know, he's the last of his kind. Yeah, so that's, like, basically where this all ends. Like, there's a lot of just, like, don't get me wrong. I love, like, the dismemberment, people being torn to pieces is great and all. Um, but, again, there's hardly any dialogue in Drax is just a moron. It's just funnier and funnier. The more you read, like, as he goes along. Um, so it ends with them, like, chasing Fing Fang Foom, like, off-world pretty much. Like, to do it literally through a Stargate. Um... They get there because he basically stole some children for them to for his like his children for his like eggs to hatch and devour. So they get there and he's like, "I've killed my children. They're all dust. Kill me now. Let me die." And Drax is like, "I will do that." And Terax is like, "No, let them live. I'll sit here and watch them and whatever." So Terax sets his axe back. I guess he goes now becomes the herald of Fing Fang Foom. Um, Drax gets back to the planet he was on. He tries to figure out a way out, but now he has all these orphan kids with him that. Fing Fang Foom's people like stole. So now, like, it basically the comic ends with him trying, him and the adventures of these like little orphan kids trying to find their homes, pretty much. Q next arc. But yeah, there you and go. And it's, it, and it's an interesting like cry from, because I also read the um, first appearance of Drax in Iron Man number 55. Do you remember what year and that, that was? And that one, Drax is, say again? Do you remember what year that was? 73. Wow. And that one, Drax is completely different. Like, the only thing that's similar is that he has green skin and he hates Thanos. That's about it. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have the weapons. He doesn't have, like, the two swords, the two knives. He doesn't have, like, the red tattoos. And he basically looks like your classic, like, 1970s superhero. With, like, the big, like, cape. Like, he has leggings on, or at least his legs are showing and whatnot. You know, just the classic color. Mm. Um, now, from what I can understand, in the Drax comic... Drax was basically him and his family were murdered by Thanos, and I guess he was resurrected as Drax the Destroyer. In the original Iron Man number fifty-five, Drax was created by a Celestial, I believe, from Titan to basically fight Thanos. Hmm. Um, and he wasn't—he didn't have like any other backstory. Just that he was just made from dirt to be a weapon, to be a destroyer, pretty much. So he teams up with—he uh, teams up with Iron Man because. Basically, like, Thanos is on Earth trying to set up, like, a way to, like, take back Titan, his home his home world, his home moon, basically. Iron Man, like, in... Iron Man and Drax team up. They fight, like, the Blood Brothers, who look like big, giant, like, Sasquatch-looking dudes. They defeat them. They defeat, like, a robotic Thanos. And it's like, I think the first appearance of Thanos, is it, Casey? Or, like, kind of close to it? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I don't even... I feel like it's almost the same issue, but... The fact that I don't know it off the top of my head is killing me, and I'm going to sneak a peek. I want to say it is because they tell you um, Thanos' backstory in that same issue It is. Also. It's the, also the first appearance of Thanos. Yeah. Yeah. I should have known. 
<laughs> you kind of did. And Dana, you were like 75% of the way there. I'm right on the cusp. You know, when it's Jim Starlin writing and drawing the thing, uh, you got to put your money that Thanos is going to show up somewhere in there. And I guess like in this, Drax is a telepath also. Yes. Because he was able to communicate with Tony Stark. And again, he has the inner monologue where he's like, I try to communicate with this Earthling by almost destroyed him the anguish i must have given him like again that inner monologue that i didn't see in this newer version of drax yeah well also let's be let's be real for for 20 pages iron man pretty much gets his ass kicked while these two guys slug it out pretty much (laughs) nice um so what are kind of the differences that um people have probably either already seen or you think might come to see uh in, in from the comics to the movies so obviously, like one of the ones that kind of just to throw it out there that sticks out to me is the fact that Thanos killed Drax's family, uh, and in the movies it was Ronan. Right. So that that's kind of an interesting little little bit of a change, uh, and then by proxy because mm-hmm. Thanos put Ronan on that path, Drax then wants to kill Thanos. But did you notice anything else um, about Drax that maybe is different from the movie? Uh, definitely the tattoos he has going on. Yeah, they're not like skin rash; it's tattoos. Yeah, like definitely skin like you know, rash. Of yeah, that's exactly. He looks like he has. He's like, got. Uh, he's got fin rot. <laughs> he has eczema. Yeah, he's got space yeah. eczema. That's all. <laughs> um. Yeah. So basically, I mean, they're both still shirtless. They're both still big dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel Drax is a little bit bigger in, like, the comic than he is, like, in the movie, obviously, because that's, you know, they all make him, like, gargantuan. Aren't they all? Um, Except, like, the Hulk. And, yeah, but but basically it's just like that, the um, the tattoos. And also I feel like when Drax talks in the movie, he's a bit more articulate than he is in the comic. I don't know if that's just me. He's I would more almost, articulate in the I would, than I would, in the I would almost say it's yeah. the other way around. But, interesting. Because when I was reading, because uh, I read a little bit of volume, or I read, uh, what was the first arc of volume two? Um, Drax was talking just like a tough guy, like a Wolverine-esque tough guy. And he's, like, and he's pretty he's pretty crafty in that run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not like, you know, he's not like, nothing will go over my head. I am too fast. I will catch it. Like, he doesn't, he, that doesn't seem to be a hurdle for him or uh, something that he struggles with. He's just like a badass space Hulk Jr. kind of thing. There you go. With tribal tats. That's what I've noticed. Um, That's cool. That's interesting. Um, Do you think, Dave, having uh, read these, these the comic version of Drac, has that kind of added to the 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 character for you in the in the movie, or is it subtracted, or what do you think? Um, definitely added to it. I want to say, like, I don't think it's subtracted at all. Okay. Um. Just because the characters are very similar, under the, other than like the way they speak, I feel like this the Drax and the one the run I read didn't speak too much. He just acted. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the Drax in the movies actually did say stuff more or less. Um, I did like the, I do like the way the Drax talks in the movies more. Like what you said, like nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I'll catch it. Mm-hmm. I like that. I was hoping to read some of that in this, which I didn't. You yeah. know. But, I mean, didn't really bring down my view of it. I thought I'd just kind of enhance it a little bit. Interesting. Okay, cool. Let me see where the character comes from, basically. Yeah, sure. Cool. Uh, moving right on down the line, uh, we have uh, Casey. Actually, we have Casey twice, but I'm going to mix it up. We're going to have a uh, what, what everyone 
and the podcast wants to hear a, a uh, Jay's Mac Casey sandwich is what we're going to do. So it's going to oh, go boy. Casey, Jay's Mac Casey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So who do you want first, Mantis or Ego, the living planet? Let's let's go with Mantis. Let's leave Ego for, for a little bit later because I think a lot of people really have a lot of questions. More questions about Ego than Mantis. Okay. So let's let's leave that. Like let's make them listen to the rest of the podcast before we get so, to the good stuff. So Mantis has got a really long, really confusing history. Mm. Uh, that in my own readings, well, readings for this really barely scratch the surface. But in a in a in a long extended reading, it dates back to just like Drax, the year, the far flung year of 1973, in <laughs> Avengers number 114. So you're looking at a, a pretty classic lineup of the Avengers at the time. You've got your, your Thor, your Iron Man, Vision, Black Panther, Captain America, Scarlet Witch, right? So Wow. Pretty... Oh, and Quicksilver. Um, but he might just be hanging around to make out with Crystal and stuff. Anyway. Um, the swordsman, who was originally a traitor, shows back up at the mansion with this new mysterious character named Mantis, who is basically just a... Crazy-looking white girl who's got... Looks like she has antenna, but it almost looks like hair locks coming out. And, like, a wacky green and yellow tribal dress. And the first thing she does is... She comes in, she's like, Listen, I just saved the Scarlet Witch's life. Let me join the team. And we'll vouch for Swordsman, even though he was a traitor. And then everyone's like, No, screw this, man. And then she makes out with all the male Avengers. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> As you do. And... <laughs> And she gets him to convince him to join the team. Shortly thereafter, Swordsman again betrays the team. Uh, but she manages <laughs> to stick around for a fair bit. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff. They summon an ancient Wakandan tribal god and they, they beat it up. And then they they turn it around because she's got like psychic powers. But the version that most people are familiar with um, uh, developed a little bit later. Um... I don't quite remember exactly when she first turned green, but one of the most memorable stories I know of Mantis was back in the Silver Surfer run in the early 90s. Like, like, well, as early in the 90s as you can get. I'm pretty sure it's like 1990. Uh, <laughs> where sh- the Silver Surfer has thrown down the gauntlet with a lot of the other elders of the universe. You know, the Collector and, you know, the Grandmaster and the Champion and all these other guys. And he gets his ass kicked. As he should, because he's punching way out of his weight class. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really hit it off. You know, she heals him up. They start to bond over their life experiences. You learn that Mantis has this crazy destiny where she's fated to give birth to, like... Stop acting it out. I, I can't even see Jesus? what you're acting out, but it's making me uncomfortable. Like it's, I'm trying to... I'm trying like to giving birth to this fictional comic baby. <laughs> This, look, she's basically Mantis is destined to give birth to Space Jesus. <laughs> and not the Space Jesus that already exists in Marvel Comics. His name is Wondar the Aquarian. Um, totally different thing. There's multiple Space Jesuses. Let's just get that out of the way. Multiple Space Jesai. Jesai. Jesai, if you will. Jesai. No, it, it's, so, just, it's just Jesus. <laughs> it, it's, it's like, it's just... Jesus-uses? Jesus-uses. Yeah. So she heals him up. They hang out for a bit. They they beat the Obliterator, who is essentially the Punisher. If the Punisher were millions, like millions and millions of years old, and hung out with all the other Guardians of the Universe, uh, not Guardians, Elders of the Universe. That's still right. I'm mixing my brain. Anyway, they beat him up, which is kind of amazing. And they also hang out with Ego, the Living Planet, very briefly, 
because he too counts as an elder of the universe because he's the only one of his kind and he's as old as anyone can remember. So there's a lot of great stuff in these old surfer comics. Anyway, they make out, as Mantis is prone to do with apparently every guy that she meets. Um, and Surfer's got a, enough of a romantic interest to kind of push his old Shalabal out of the picture. I'm just going to say this. In Volume 2, if Mantis is not making out with everyone, I'm going to be sorely disappointed based yeah. on what I've heard about her thus far. She really she really dials down the making outage as she, uh, as she ages. She becomes a little more starry-eyed and spacey. Um... But an interesting tidbit about Mantis, uh, before, I guess, um, characters became the sole intellectual property of companies, Steve Englehart, the writer uh, of Avengers at the time, actually used her in two issues of Justice League of America, where I'm pretty sure she was given the codename Willow, and then he used her again in an independent comic he did called Scorpio Rose. Hmm. So she's been published by three different companies, and she's still a canonical Marvel character. Which is, like, ridiculous. Like, I saw, like, the, the um, like, what was it? Everyone's assigned reading, and I saw Justice League, and I was like, what is that doing in there? Yeah, you called me out on it, and I'm like, like I know it's in there. <laughs> I know it's crazy, <laughs> but she shows up. Yeah. Well, the, and, I mean, it's not the first time, right? Or that probably is the first time, but it's happened since with, um, what's her name, Angela? From Spawn, yeah, Angela from Spawn is brought over from Image Comics. Yeah, she's now um, an as Asgardian goddess or warrior. she's an as she's an Asgardian of the galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Walk, she joins. Hey, she joins the team. What do you want? Anyway, Mantis yeah. makes out with I'm pretty sure Elongated Man and Aquaman in that book. So, look, she's she's known for her makeouts, but the real modern take on Mantis comes from Annihilation Conquest Star Lord, which is also really the modern take on the Guardians themselves as well. Um, essentially, it's the Dirty Dozen in space. Star Lord is tasked by the Kree Empire to tra- like do an infiltration mission and figure out the source of this whole phalanx biotech infestation. Hmm. And he gets a couple of cool people on his team. He gets Bug from the Micronauts. He gets Death Cry from the Shi'ar. Mantis returns, uh, and she talks funny. She speaks in, like, a sort of third person. Like, she's like, this celestial one is gifted with great martial arts ability and pyrokinesis sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> pyrokinesis um, when it's convenient. Yeah. Uh, but this is also, I mean, this same miniseries, uh, what year is it? Uh 2006? Yeah, it sounds about right. Annihilation? It sounds about right. Yeah, it's definitely after Civil War, but it's 2006, 2007. Uh, It's also got Rocket Raccoon, and it's the comic that brought Groot back to the forefront. Mm. And it's also before he says, I am Groot all the time, and actually speaks like a normal, well, human being. No one wants that. Glad it changed. Yeah. So the Guardians, just because I don't know, like, for other people, I don't know. So the Guardians, like, kind of, like, change a lot kind of like the avengers they change like players and change who's in it and yeah whatnot. like any team in comics even the fantastic four you're you've got a, a rotating roster of people who are joining they drop in they drop out sometimes they die yeah. it's rough you know and then they come back with a weird like hive alien limb yeah so quill is has quill always been like the leader of the guardians or no he's always been a member of the modern guardians even when he kind of dropped off the team to become president of space as we'll hear from jason in a minute or two um yeah it uh he's always he's always been a a member of the modern team but the 
The team originally is is from the 90s, and they're from the 30th century. So they're a thousand years in the future. I think that's right. I might be also yeah. mixing them up with the Legion. They're from a really long time in the future, between 500 and a thousand years, with a completely different lineup that at one time also included Wonder Man, which excites absolutely no one, but I felt like I should just throw <laughs> that in Man. as a frame of reference. Supposedly being played by Nathan Fillion. Supposedly. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, but the original Guardians team does feature Yondu, who you know from the movies. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exact same powers where he whistles and controls, you know, uh, a, a flying arrow. And Starhawk, who's got cool spacey energy powers, you know, your generic spacey energy blast and bubble beam shield, whatever, uh, played by none other than Sly Stallone in this upcoming movie. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. I have not seen it, but that's what they say on Wikipedia, so that's what we're going with. <laughs> if, if it's on the internet, it must be true. And that's, that's where they right. pull them from. Um, but as far as Mantis goes, she's pretty great. Uh, martial arts, telepathy, she's got the full Monty of powers. She keeps a cool head in every situation, and you know, despite what they may think of her being the team oddball, she's got a pretty good sense of tactical skill, and actually manages to save the entire team not once but twice in a four, in a span of four issues. Hmm. Hmm. So she's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. We'll have to see how she kind of differs between the, the comics and the movie quite a bit. But based on the, the trailers that I've seen, uh, reminds me of New 52 Starfire, which is probably where... The- <laughs> making out with dudes thing comes from mantis yeah the the making out and the complete oblivion and the pyrokinesis when it's convenient yeah um but that's cool thanks casey uh we're gonna move right on down over to good old jay's mac uh jay's mac what did what did you read i read the legendary star lord yes but i also read uh a little bit of um you know, an origin story for for the Guardians in a way, hmm. um, definitely heavily tied into Star Lord and why he is who he is, and that's what I started off with. And this series, I think it's like point zero one is the is the official title for it. Um, but yeah, it gets brought up. It shows you the origin of how Peter Jason Quill was born. Um, and what had happened, and how he uh, kind of became Star Lord. Um, <clears throat> it starts off with the prince to be from Spartax, um, a guy by the name of Jason or J apostrophe S O N. Jason, just a really Jason douchebaggy <laughs> way of spelling my name. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna, call, I'm gonna call you that from now on. Jason. The, this is Jason. The, the <laughs> new Jason. age, the new age millennial way of spelling your name. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he, uh, he crash lands on earth in, uh, in Colorado and immediately he is met with a gun in his face by, um, Peter's mother or soon to be mother. Um, and what happens is, um, Jason wakes up and he's speaking like a foreign language, you know, because he's a fucking alien. Um, and she's like, wait, like, I don't understand what he's saying. He goes, Oh, he's like, you speak English. He's like, like Earth, like American English, and she's just like, "What the hell?" Yeah, I do. I'm <laughs> in Colorado. Of course, I speak English. Um, and basically, he assures her that he's not going to kill her. Nothing bad is going to happen to her, uh, and that he just has to fix his ship 
because he has all the tools on the ship and he's going to be taken off. He just needed the rest up because he crashed. Um, he ends up fixing the ship very early, but has to just stay a couple more days because mm-hmm. I think he's got a crush on her. Mm-hmm. And she likes him too. And guess what? He drops a fucking baby in her. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Big time. Big Such time. Such a romantic way to say it, Jason. Oh, I couldn't yeah. say any better myself. That's about as romantic as it romantic. is, bro. <laughs> um, no, it is. It, it is kind of romantic, though. It's funny is that, like, they show each other, like, sitting on a couch, and they're getting a little bit closer and closer, and then all of a sudden, a stork comes by and drops off Peter Quill. Mm-hmm. It's so adorable. It's a space, it's no, a space stork. <laughs> What happens is they're both like they're silhouetted by a fire and it just slowly creeps into the fire. And then the next morning, he's like, he just gets up. And he's like, oh, by the way, I got to go to space. <laughs> Later. I need to, I, I I need to go buy some now. space cigarettes. <laughs> I got to go buy space cigarettes. I'll be I'll back, back, though. Definitely. I'll call you. Um, but what's what's really funny, though, he's like, yeah, by the way, he's like the ship's been fixed for days. He's like, I stayed for you. And he tells her all about, you know, why he's not taking her. She begs him to take uh, her with her, and he's like, "No, you, you don't understand. Like, there's there's a whole lot going on out in the galaxy, and a lot that you can't wrap your head around." He goes, "It'd be unfair to you for me to take you." He goes, "Even though I really do want to take you with me." He's like, I, 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 I wish I could take you. I believe me. <laughs> the spaceship only has one seat. It's crazy. No Doesn't trunk. he literally say, "I'll come us. back for you"? Like. <laughs> Just that classic. I'll come um, back for you. Yeah, the classic I'll definitely line. Come back for you when you're not dead. Trust um, me. I'll be back. So flash forward uh, ten years later, and we have a little uh, Peter Jason Quill. He doesn't understand why his middle name's Jason. By the way, hmm. um, he's never met his dad. You know, it's kind of a sad story, but um, you can tell that this kid's already honorable, and that he is definitely going to grow up to be Star Lord, and nothing bad's going to happen to his mom at all. Mm-mm. Um, certainly oh, not God. cancer <laughs> it's, to- uh. it's totally not cancer actually um, but anyway Peter sees this little girl um, being bullied uh, in the playground at school and he decides to walk up to the kid and he starts making fun of the kid the kid's like oh you actually love her and he goes no I think you do actually um, and the kid gets like so angry at that and he tries he tries fighting Jason I mean Peter and Peter kicks the shit out of him and the teacher, you know, grabs a hold of him, calls his mom, and his mom's like not too mad. And uh, she's like, "Wow, not to you know make you mad or anything, but you really look like your father right now because he's really passionate and he's defending people, right?" And he's like, "I don't have a dad. You don't know anything." <laughs> blah blah blah. Gets really mad at her, and she tells him to calm down. He goes upstairs to wash up for dinner, and all of a sudden, these um, what are they? The Bardoon show up. Oh, I actually, I forgot how she died. Fuck. The Badoon. A.K.A. the jerks from the edge of the galaxy. Yeah, yeah, space jerks from the edge of the galaxy show up, the Badoon. And um, they they shoot they shoot uh, her in the back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Kill her. I mean, she may have got cancer real quick, but she definitely didn't die of cancer. Yeah. Um, and the, she <laughs> she, died she from... may have died with cancer. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you never know. But it wasn't, you know, all sad and dramatic. Um, in the beginning, but Peter actually gets out of the house just before the house also explodes because they're hunting the the next in line uh, that's supposed to be king for the uh, king of the Spartax, and uh, they fail. Spartax, yeah, right. Am I getting that right, Casey? The Spartax. Yeah, oh, you're nailing it. All that, right. that, that's this cool. great Bendis writing for you. 
<laughs> I, no, he um, didn't come up with the name. Okay, all right. So I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame him for that one. Not that one. <laughs> no. Several things Jason's about to talk about, but not that one. <laughs> so it, it definitely jumps forward another little bit after um Peter uh finds his dad's gun, you know, outside uh Peter actually kills two of these Badoon, by the way. The two that are hunting his mom. Uh he actually shoots him with a shotgun. And I was like, oh, okay, like, they came with advanced weaponry, and he took them down with some lead, but still cool to me. Uh, and that was his uh, first two, you know, confirmed kills as Star-Lord, basically. <laughs> um, he gets out, and he finds his dad's gun that's made for him, which is really cool. And uh, after the house explodes, like, the gun kind of lands near him. He lands, like, in the woods. And uh, this nurse just hands, like peter the gun in the hospital she's like oh by the way i found your space toy next to your exploded house and like doesn't even <laughs> suspect it like doesn't even it was like oh this might be a gun it's kind of fucking heavy it doesn't feel plastic it feels like some space metal um you know <laughs> i'm not i'm just gonna give it to this 10 year old boy yeah anyway flash forward he's uh he's in space right now with with the rest of the gang right he's got- and iron man and Iron Man, I was gonna get to that. Yeah. Iron Tony Stark uh, makes a very long appearance, and it's very fun to have him in this uh, in this comic. But uh, he's there with a very scary looking Groot. Groot looks way different than he does in the movie. He doesn't look happy. He looks like a fucking tree monster, actually. Hmm. Um, like he's terrifying looking. Very, very elongated, I'd say, in the face. Right? You yeah. know, in the movie, Groot has a very small. A small head for the rest of his body. Um, you have Rocket, you have um, Gamora and, and Drax and everybody as well. They all pretty much look the same, um, but they're also in different outfits, right? From the movie and from some of the other comics too. They're all kind of in this like white kind of uh, like spacesuit almost. Um, I should I should point actually... out that this comic came out almost I want to say right after the movie did. Hmm. Yeah. So they did updated visuals for all of them to put in the same book. All right. Yeah. It's good to know. But uh, yeah, it definitely gives you some, you know, some clarity as to how how we came about, and it actually talks about how um, how Peter got into being Star Lord, right? And he did everything he could to get to space because he just wanted to get the fuck off this planet because all this <laughs> bad shit has happened to him. So he joined NASA and he did all this stuff, and then all of a sudden he's made his way. Um, and it doesn't, it just kind of jumps into how he got up there, but he didn't get abducted, um, and taken by the junkers or anything mm-hmm. like that, and, that and, I'm aware of. And was, uh, saved multiple times by Yondu from being eaten. So, yeah, so these yeah, boys wanted to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody wanted to eat him. Um, why do you always bring that up? That is but, not our response. <laughs> <laughs> What's awesome is, um, you know, this, the story takes us into, um, Almost like a cantina scene, I want to say, you know, where they're all kind of hanging out in this bar and uh, Peter gets approached. Right. And everybody gets surrounded by all these guards. And this man appears to him and Peter just like looks up at him. and goes, oh, hey, dad. Right. So at this juncture, like it's already jumped so far that he's already met his father. He understands who he is. Um, and, you know, he just he hates him. He hates his guts because his dad's never been around. Right. He finally comes back with the smokes, but it's after mom dies and everybody's kind of salty. Um, Jason asks him, he goes, 
what are you doing hanging out with these uh, questionable women? And he goes, I'm having fun. Are you jealous? And his dad just goes, yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> and uh, that joke plays out a couple of times throughout this this little series. Um, his dad comes to warn him that like he needs to, you know, take the mantle of being king soon and uh he needs to you know accept his responsibility to the galaxy um and peter's just kind of like you don't know who i am like i'm not built for this you know screw you take off dad like i'm not listening to you uh, and his dad warns him he goes you can't step foot on earth by the way he goes earth's not ready to be part of the the uh the galactic you know what commonwealth let's say hmm. um and he basically tells peter like he dares him in a way, like, don't do this at all. You can't go back home. You can't go to your home. And Peter's like, how the how the fuck can you say that to me? He goes, no, I'm absolutely going to go back home just because you told me not to. And he's kind of like rebelling against them, which is really funny. And it turns out that his dad is actually terrified of planet Earth, right? He, um, he has this like a little commune meeting and he's basically changed a whole lot from when he met Peter's mother and uh, he's taken on a lot of responsibility and he's finding out that, you know, Thanos has this huge interest in Earth. They all find out that the Infinity Gems uh, all generate from Earth and that Earth is a fucking crazy ass planet um, with all this, all this like, you know, mutation happening, all these great ability, like super ability, you know, humans, everything like that. He goes, this place is crazy. He's like, we want really nothing to do with this. <laughs> but I'm definitely interested in it. Um, and everybody else is like the Badoon and everything like that are just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going right now. And uh, they show up and they start attacking London and everything. Tony Stark, meanwhile, is flying around the planet like, you know what? Like, I can really get used to being out here. I really like it. Um, I should have done this a long time ago. I should really be taking more vacations like this, kind of hanging out. He's like screw the Avengers, like, screw everything else. Like, I'm just going to spend my days just, like, flying around space. <laughs> and, by the way, Tony's uh, new suit looks really nice. Um, it looks like a, a luchador. Yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 it really does. Um, But, you know, everybody starts attacking. Um, the Guardians show up, and they start kicking some ass. But they also all get, uh, they all get captured, uh, except, you know, and Groot gets mostly destroyed as rockets like flying through this entire battle trying to find a part of Groot he finally grabs a piece as um star lord's telling him to get the hell back on the on the ship and then rocket gets back to the ship and plants a little bit of Groot like a little splinter almost in this potter and then everybody gets taken and you see all this stuff break out right each like splash panel you see that breaks out is like this fight, and then all of a sudden you see just a little stick sticking out of this soil. Mm. Another page goes by. You see all this battle happening, right? All this chaos. The last part of the panel is just a little splinter. And it does that for like two or three more pages. And you're like, oh, I know it's going to happen. We're going to see what happened in you know the first, in the first movie again. Um, everybody's captured. Everybody's talking about you know what to do with Earth at this point. And uh, out of nowhere, Groot just shows up and starts tearing ass. And uh, Groot ends up, you know, smashing open all the all the little confinement facilities that they have. And he just starts screaming, I am Groot, I am Groot, I am Groot. And uh, <laughs> Star-Lord just looks at him and he goes, you are Groot, buddy. And uh, they end up, you know, taking care oh, of the Greg. situation of the of the space jerks. 
Does it dance? And, uh, oh, does he dance? He does, but he also makes really loud music, so I'm not turning it on. <laughs> <laughs> but he does. Trust me, he dances. Anyway, they end up kicking a whole bunch of ass, and um, and Star Lord, you know, reaches back out to his dad and goes, you know, he's like, "Sorry," he's like, "I had to come back," and he's kind of just is like, "Doing what I want to do, Dad," and he kind of fights back, and that's where it ended for me. Casey, I don't know if it was supposed to end for me just there, but... There's more that happens, but it, it gets into all the confusing, let's bring Angela into the Marvel Universe shit. And it's yeah. it's very it's very odd. But um, that's the last we see of uh, the King of Spartax uh, for a while yeah. in this run. So I figured that would be a good place to end it. Plus, I didn't want to give yeah. you too much. But um, I did give you the follow-up Legendary Star-Lord, which has got the enigmatic did. Mr. Knife. It does. It has Mr. Knife in there. Um, <laughs> and uh, there, there's a lot going on in this, too. Um, what I really liked about this is I was expecting to see, like, the whole Guardians gang. And I will tell you right off the bat, it's it's 99% Star-Lord. And it's him just being a cowboy, basically running around, exchanging smashies with Thanos at one point. Uh, nearly kicking the shit out. Nearly killing him. And then stopping but uh, he's basically going on digital dates with Kitty Pride, right? Um, he is going around these kind of Western type planets, um, going to bars, drinking, and he's—I feel like he's being bounty hunted a whole lot in this, and he's being followed by a lot of people too. And his half sister. And his half sister. That's right. Wait, he has a half sister. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that? Tell me. Tell me yep. more. Tell me more about this half sister. Oh, I forget her name, Casey. If you want to help me out, uh, I also I swear to God, if you name. say Patricia Quill, I'm gonna throw something through the internet. It's not sure Patricia Quill. Face. She's got a she's got a cool alien name. Uh what is it? I don't know. Okay, I can't remember. Did, any abilities? Yeah. Anything we cool about her other than the fact that she's like kind of related to? Actually, I think it might be Victoria. Now that Victoria I think about Quill. It. Uh, well, it, it would be, be Victoria, a Quill, right? Because Quill's probably it's Victoria. It's it's Victoria of Spartax. Yeah. So, but yeah, she's like uh, like Princess Regent, and mm-hmm. yeah, they they duke it out. They hmm. they get into punchies and, hmm. but you know they they eventually develop uh, develop like a kind of brotherly sisterly bond, sort of. Yeah. In as much it's as just... they they save each other from giant space crap. <laughs> <laughs> she's uh. They, they have they have they have um... a comb for that, right? Giant space crabs. They have combs and shampoo for that. I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. Should be okay. Yeah. God, I would hope so. Yeah. Giant space crabs, by the way, that are housing people like stowaways and everything. It's uh, it's pretty weird. It's it's weird. It's this is a weird read, kind of, because uh, midway through you just see this thing kind of floating through space, and he's like, "Oh fuck, help me!" I'm hurt. Like, <laughs> it's just you kind of feel bad for him. Um. This this was drawn up differently too, by the way. This I really like this uh, this art style. I don't know who drew it out. This is but, Paco uh, Paco Medina, ooh, who I like. Yeah. I like a lot. He drew a fair amount of Deadpool uh, in the in the two thousands during the Daniel Way run. He did a pretty cool run on New Warriors, which was a bunch of depowered mutants in the post Civil War era. Hmm. Um, he's done some other stuff. He's he's drawn. He's he's doing stuff recently for Marvel too. But I I dig his stuff a lot. I wonder if he had any work, if he like had any hand in designing um, any of the gorillas' characters. By the way, oh, the reason why I, I asked that is because there's basically so 
Peter finds a ship, and I think it's called like the Bad Boy or something like that. And he's like, holy crap, I'm in love. Like he finds this ship and he takes it and he gets on board and basically noodles. If anybody's familiar with the gorillas, noodles face basically pops up <laughs> and it's kind of like it's the computer. It's the ship's A.I. And uh, it's just like, hey, like I'm so and so I'm the bad boy. Like, welcome to the ship and everything like that kind of just welcomes in. And he's like, all right, let's do this. And he takes off. Um, but this this series um the thing that stuck out most to me is that Thanos is living on on the moon, on Earth's moon. And he's kind of just like creepy stalking the planet. Yeah, that's what he does. Like, almost like somebody's like hanging out in the bushes, like looking through your window. Yeah. I feel like that's what Thanos is doing, right? And um, <laughs> Star-Lord just shows up and Thanos is like, all right, I'm going to throw my cosmic energy at you and you're going to die or you're going to get hurt. And all of a sudden he's like a purple... Like, He's like a Super Saiyan, if you would. Yeah. He's got this purple aura on him, and he's like, how come you're not being hurt at all? What the hell? Um, he's got his, what he old, did his is little took... K.O. Ken crystal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's K.O. Ken instead. He's got K-O this Ken crystal in his down. chest, and it's uh, it's some celestial technology is what they refer it to. And he's like, do you even know what you're doing with this? And, you know, Star-Lord starts kicking the shit out of Thanos, and Thanos has, like, no no backlash at all except for he breaks his nose he breaks star lord's nose and to somebody who's very vain of himself you know that really hurts that hurts and that's how star lord became the new doctor doom there you go that's (laughs) all it takes no no No. dave Dave just tuned back in turns his nose yeah (laughs) he turns his nose into owen wilson's nose or luke wilson's i don't know one of the wilson it's uh it's oh it's owen yeah it's all broken and stuff um wow but you know the, this comic was drawn in the way too that um their their costumes and everything like that and their their outfits are very similar to the movie so i believe that this was made after after the movie was made, yeah. made if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah totally but um but yeah um he starts kicking the shit out of thanos like midway through this this series and uh Thanos is like, yeah, you can kill me now if you want to. He's like, but I'm likely going to explode the moon uh, if I do, uh, if I do <laughs> die. So take Mr. that for what you, you want. You want to blow goes, up the moon? Yeah, he's you like, miss no it? moon, no earth. So it? are you going to kill me or kill everybody on the planet too? He's like, what do you want to do? And, you know, Peter just looks at him. He's like, ah, oh. he's like, you're such an asshole, basically. <laughs> and then Thanos is like, all right, I'm out of here. Peace. And he takes <laughs> off. And he's like, God damn it. But um, midway through their fight. Thanos is like, do you even know what you're doing with this thing? He's like, do you even understand what this thing is? And he goes, I don't know. You tell me. And that's that's all his re, you know his reaction is. And then after Thanos leaves, he just leaves that you know that Kaokin crystal on the moon. And he's like, yeah, I better just leave this here. By the way. Um. And then the Blade guy right shows up. This mysterious man, kind of dressed like Star Lord resembles a lot about what star lord you know his physical appearance but you don't see his face and uh he takes off his mask and reveals himself after a little bit of a duel and a i swear to god if you say it's future star lord i'm just gonna tear off the stream right now (laughs) it's gonna it is a time remnant of peter quill and he's gonna kill no um it's his dad it's jason again he shows up and he's just like, "Oh, hey, Dad. How remember, are you? remember all those bounty hunters I sent after you? Yep, that was me. Because yeah. I hate you, <laughs> lol. Yeah, and he, 
it's just his dad chasing him through through the galaxy you know through this western and that's where that's where i'm leaving it hmm. it was uh it was a good entertaining little bit but uh i think i could have used you know some more guardians in there but i was kind of happy that it was a solo yeah thing oh yeah drax makes a quick appearance tony stark makes another quick appearance in this as well um yeah cool. um how does thanos just like peace out does he like jump on a spaceship because I, I just kind of envision him so like remember like in guardians <laughs> one he's on that like little like floating throne thing i just picture him yeah. riding that being like i'm leaving and just very slowly no, <laughs> drifting off it's better than that <laughs> it's way better than that he like just flies away kind of like, <laughs> like i must go like, my people need me kind of away. yeah like he kind of just is like zip <laughs> he just lifts off and flies into the sun that's literally what yeah, happened but he, he can't yeah. even fly can he uh, I guess. I don't think Thanos could fly. I don't. I don't know. I've never actually seen Thanos fly. I've seen him walk on air. If that makes any difference. Uh, moon. The moon has very little gravity. Greg. Um. He's that's fair. He's very large. What is like a Hulk jump away? Hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That. Yeah. Right, kind of like Hulk jumps away. Right into the. Sun. But it's more of like him just levitating away, though. Like. Wait. Who? Who <laughs> wrote? Who wrote this? This is Sam Humphreys. What did he write? Why does that sound familiar? Uh, Sam Humphreys, what do I know that he did? Um, he wrote uh, Kid Nova after um, oh, okay. Jeff Loeb left. Yeah. What else has he done? He's written a lot of stuff here and there. I'm pretty sure he's he's written some Spider-Man. Okay. Um, I, I think he, he's actually fairly new to the game, as far as I know. Uh, he's written some Ultimate stuff. He wrote the second volume of Uncanny X-Force. Um... Yeah, that's pretty much it. But he's been he's he wrote three issues of Star, uh, three volumes of Star Lord, so he's got his finger really on the pulse of this character. All right, all right, so that's fair. He yeah. he knows Star Lord, maybe not so much Thanos. Uh, which which brings us to the very last character we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, Casey, tell us all about all about Ego, the Living Planet. Ego, Ego, the Living Planet is really silly. He's a big living planet and. He's like his own biosphere. So imagine if a human being was also a planet. Like, all the living beings on it are, like, his antibodies and his blood cells and what have you. Uh, just on, like, a huge, huge planetary scale. Um, oh, God, he's the center. Yeah, it's You will it's all weird. be judged. It's like, it's that. He's also kind of like um, Solaris, a little. Mm-hmm. Um, or what was, uh, what's that Green Lantern planet? Mogo? Yeah. He's a lot like Mogo too, uh, although Mogo doesn't socialize. Ego, the living planet, is very chatty, and true to his name, he'll be the first to tell you. This is actually like his first line of dialogue. The humanoid's words are true. I am Ego, the largest, most powerful intelligence in all of Infinity. You are like dust unto my feet. I would love to see an NBC's hitgum of Mogo and Ego. Yeah, it just rolls off the on tongue a, on, a, on a cosmic sized couch. <laughs> the couch like infinity. Butthead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm thinking more like odd couple, like like Mogo leaves like meteors around the couch, and Ego is is just I'm just tired of cleaning up after you. You're such a slob. Uh, uh, could you good. pick it up, please? <laughs> could you pick up all the space dust? Anyway, sorry, Casey, go on. So, so Thor is, <laughs> this is, this is Thor number 133 back in 1966. 
And you know it's good because it's Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, mm. the dynamic duo of the Silver Age, kicking ass on this book. Um, Thor teams up with the Rigelian Recorder, who's uh, just a robot that pretty much stands around and makes HK-47 kind of quips while he just records everything that's going on around him. And Thor is kind of, like, amazed. He's like, wow, I've been around for thousands of years and I totally haven't seen a living planet. So they go on kind of a, a tour of Ego's world and it's it's all weird. It gets a little H.R. Geigery, a little, um, what is it? Who's the guy who did the staircases where they're all zigzaggy and what have you? Escher. Oh. M.C. Ah. Escher. It's, yep. it's, it's half H.R. Giger and half M.C. Escher. Um, and Thor's like, well, listen, you know, what's your, what's your deal? Why are you like devouring worlds and such? I know this dude Galactus who rolls around and he kind of plays the same game and it's really not cool. Verily. <laughs> so don't do that. And he goes like, I do what I must to survive. And then he basically clones Thor to make like a bunch of like antibodies that look just like the mindless ones. And he has all these antibodies, like a whole army of them just pu- like pummel Thor and the Rigelian recorder until Thor's like, all right, screw this. And he just starts like slamming his hammer into Ego's surface. And he's like, if you don't like, if you don't cut it out, I'm going to, I'm going to break off pieces of you, buddy. <laughs> and they bail and Ego chickens out. He's like, all right, like I'm for the first time I've been bested. Never again shall I suffer humiliation. And that's that. If, if Kurt Russell doesn't end every sentence like that, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, he just flees. He just goes and flees. So that was 1966. Flash forward a couple more years, and the Rigelian recorder comes back to Earth and is like, "Thor, listen, we got problems. Like, Ego, the Living Planet, has is like, he's he's wrecking shit, and we're not we're not prepared for this. And then they go to a planet that they think Ego destroyed." And it turns out Galactus ate the planet. What? So now we've 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 got the planet eater and the living planet facing off to consume worlds for their own survival. So naturally they get into a big fight. Galactus actually dwarfed in size by this living planet. So wow. he's fighting Ego in his ship. And you get, you know, your cool classic Stanley Kirby lines that's just like, Turn back, Galactus! Here I am the will, and I am the power. And Galactus is just like, you speak to me of power? You are but a sentient bioverse, though you do truly live and think and act. Still are you a planet, a giant grain of dust within the endless cosmos. While I am Galactus, world mover and world ravisher. Galactus, who can strike with the fire of a thousand suns? It's great. They just don't write comics like that anymore. They really don't. don't. It's so good. And they just get into this big eye blast fight, and eventually Thor and the recorder come around, who barely survive the impact of them fighting in the first place. And they fend off Galactus because they're like, oh, well, Ego's just doing what he can to survive. You know, meanwhile, Galactus is the one who just destroyed a planet. So they repel Galactus for what it's worth. Thor almost dies attempting to do it. He pours almost all the energy in Mjolnir just to, just to send his ass out of the galaxy hmm. and then he goes like oh i'm grateful let me you know now house these refugees from a destroyed world and thor's like great man i'm right like i hope i don't see you again but be a cool guy and protect these people flash forward again to 1974 where we find out that ego has completely eaten everybody on the planet 
And now Galactus shows up on Earth and is like, listen, Thor, I know we got off on the wrong foot, but you picked the wrong side the first time. And now we got to go rough up Ego shit because now he's eating a bunch of other plants. So Thor has this whole dilemma and now he's hanging out with Hercules. So, you know, shit's about to get crazy. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Whenever, whenever him and Hercules hang out, they're either drinking, fighting, or lifting up continents. So, they're they're a, bu- <laughs> they're a bunch of rowdy boys. They're they're a bunch yeah. of big big rowdy boys. So That's Thor, Hercules, yeah. Oh my gosh, I love this. I love this. Thor, Hercules, Fire Lord, the current Herald of Galactus, and Galactus roll up on Ego, and they stomp his shit in. But at the same time, Thor goes through the moral quandary of like, well, which one's really worse? And you look at the crazy in Ego's face, and you look at Galactus, who's like a pretty fairly chill dude, and he's just kind of like, well, I guess, you know, damn the consequences, I'm going to have to deal with this now. But he also finds out the origin of Ego the Living Planet, which, just like Galactus, is a guy who's who's facing down almost complete catastrophic destruction of his home world. Uh, and he ends up bonding with the planet itself and all its people to become ego, the living planet. So then that's probably, so what they're not in guardians volume two. Yeah, yeah. could be. Yeah. So they're not, mm. they're not too dissimilar. Yeah. Um, this is Thor number two twenty eight now. So not only do they find out the origin of ego, but they also find that he can materialize himself in the body of a single organism. Which is also huh. what I'm thinking Kurt Russell's steezes in the new movie. So he's like like swamp thinging it essentially. He's kinda he's kinda swamp thinging okay. it. Um you know. And just one other thing about ego, because that pretty much rolled out the rest of the uh, the tale that I've got here. Um there are a couple other guys that exist. There's a super ego. There's an alter ego. Oh my there's fucking a- god! Stop. That's it. Nope. That. Uh, there we go. No, no, it gets is better. Super ego. ego. That's, all the time. An- That's it. No, no more. No, come on. Oh. No, go ahead. All right. Well, there are there are a couple of silly ones like the like the id, id the living planet, which is it showed up in a Deadpool comic and it was not great, but um, ego is also he's in a two part he's in a two parter of exiles, which again. If you haven't heard me say it before, it's my favorite comic book ever published. Mm-hmm. It's Quantum Leap meets the X-Men. And in this one, Earth is also a living planet. And he's trying huh. to convert it to his side to fight the Celestials. But Earth just likes to play hard to get. Earth, Earth talks totally like likes to play hard and to get. Goes, you know what I like about driving a Lincoln? <laughs> you know what I love about this solar system? The planets, I get older and the planets stay the same age. Same age. Yep. That's all I got. The exile, all the McConaughey quotes the, that I have. Yeah. The, the exiles end up putting Mr. Fantastic's brain in Earth's, in Earth's planetary structure and they fight off Ego together. But it's a pretty rad story altogether. I like Ego a lot. I think he's very silly. I don't know if you can... They've used him a couple of times in the modern age, but it's always a little tough to really... I don't know. Take him seriously yeah. for me, but he's cool and I and I like him a lot. And to put him up against Galactus not once but twice in a rematch of the century, I'm all about it. Nice, nice. Um, that's cool. I, di- I didn't know about that. Like you know, he can swamp thing himself and he 
also was like a, not a planet at some point. So that kind of makes a little more sense yeah. to me for volume two. That was that was new to me too. That's really fucking Which cool. Is- um, cool. So it's about that time, actually, maybe maybe a little bit over when we uh, get to go over the infamous sick question. So this one, this one's going to be pretty quick, and I already know what it is. It doesn't really have anything to do with the, the Guardians of the Galaxy comics that we read. More so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, we all know that there are going to be five stingers that we will hear to refer to them as shawarmas. There will be five shawarmas at the end <laughs> of this movie. Five. You heard it here first, folks. Back at your fucking podcast. This is called, called Shawarmas. Yeah. Shawarmas. Um, shawarmas. After credit scene, We're going to go right around, and we're going to guess four out of the five. This would have looked worked a lot better if we had five people at the podcast, but that's where you, the live studio audience, comes in. Um, I want to know what you think the stinger, or the shawarma, sorry, will be. And if you've already seen the movie, you cannot participate. Sorry. That's it. Um this week, we are going to end up starting with, oh my God, everyone's so still. This is going to be really fucking hard. Casey, Casey, move first. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought for sure baiting Dave with a, this is going to be hard statement would make him say something first, but kudos to nope. you. <laughs> well, nope, nope, you're nope. lucky I'm going first because I'm going to be the toughest act to follow. Mm-hmm. In his greatest cameo appearance of all time, Stan Lee is the Watcher. Ooh. Wow. It makes perfect sense. I mean, the guy's shown up mysteriously in every significant Marvel movie that there is, and some other ones just because. What if he's secretly the guise of an actual cosmic deity who's been keeping tabs on him this whole time? Stan's getting up there in the years, you know? At New York Comic Con... This past October, it was his last New York appearance as advertised. I don't know if that's actually true, but the guy's 94 years old, you know? He doesn't have too much time on this mortal plane, and yet his work will live forever. What better way to do the last cameo of Stan Lee than to have him, one, as a character he created, and two, a character that has huge cosmic significance in stuff to come? That's fucking perfect. That, That, like... Wow. That's all I got. You weren't That's kidding. all I could think of. And now we're going to have Jay's Mac follow that. Okay, no, hold on. But what if he, like, all right, so if he passes away, right, and then they need to, like, have him in a movie. CG Stanley. What happens? They've done oh, it with God. Carrie Fisher, man. Yeah. Nothing oh. is impossible for industrial light and magic. Mm-hmm. Well, Fair he enough. did say, he did He did film, like, um... A couple extra ones just in case. So for all we know, they have this planned already. He's already in the guy that next couple yeah. of movies. Hmm. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Um. So what am I gonna? Yeah, see? Yeah. What do you want to see in your shawarma? Uh. Oh, we're gonna see a volume three mixtape. Um, oh, floating gosh. around somewhere, I bet. Yeah. Just like last time. Mm. Or, and then this other bit of shawarma. Um. We're gonna see a little bit more of an aged Groot. Oh, he grows up a little bit bit. bigger of a Groot. Groot, the Degrassi, the Groot, the next Groot, the Groot Nation. Yep, that's what we're gonna see. You just say Degrassi. 
Yeah. That works on, <laughs> so so you get that works on so many levels. That's great. Degrootsy? Degrootsy. Uh, I, I, like, I botched it, but the idea is there. Groot the awkward teenage years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Uh, Dave, yeah. what about you? God damn it. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, like, you're the only other person right now. <laughs> I usually go last. Yeah, well, you could have gone with, with other Dave. Okay, um, other Dave. Go. Yeah. Shit. Why, why me? <laughs> Fuck. Um... Obviously, I think we're probably going to see like the last Infinity Stone. I think. Okay. And it might be it might be anticlimactic. I can see them like doing something funny where it could be anticlimactic. Oh, what's this? And they just toss it. Um, huh. But yeah, I mean, it's like the next what they're rolling into is Infinity War, the last Infinity Stone. Why not? I'm counting. I'm counting too, Casey. I see it counting right there. Which one are we missing? I don't know. I think we have all of them, don't we? No, no there's one missing still. We definitely don't. So soul is vision time. Do we have time? I don't. I don't even. You know what? I don't. They messed. They messed up the colors and they messed up the names. So we've got. We've got vision. We've got the cube. We've got. We've got Thor two. The, the Malekith thing. The ether, whatever. Uh, We have the purple one from Guardians, and we have purple stuff. The the times. The one from Doctor Strange. Time, yeah. Which was time. It's probably time. I can't think of another one. So oh, I'm assuming um, heart. No, <laughs> no. There's definitely Earth. one's Fuck. missing. One is definitely missing. It's Can't yellow. It. Fire. Um, space. Hang on. To space? the Google. No, that's the Tesseract. No, they me- they messed it up. They, they messed, messed it, it all up. up. It. it oh, Tesseract. The Tesseract if, is space. If we yeah. haven't if we haven't seen Adam Warlock yet, it's probably the Soul Gem. But they, but they already used use green, so I don't. Yeah. I don't know. It's the soul stone. It is. Okay. Yeah, because basically right now blue is the space stone, yellow is the mind stone, red is the reality stone. Yeah, but they, stone, they fucked it all up the, the colors. Power stone. The, the soul is I thought the soul gem was in Vision's Ma- forehead. S- soul soul No, soul, that's the mind stone. Soul's no. supposed to be green. Space is purple, mind is blue, power is red, orange is reality. Orange is time. Orange is greed. And I think <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. Look, I don't know. They go- they goofed orange. it up, and I don't even know anymore. But yes, we're missing no, one, Dave. So, so the it's missing the stone. stone. We're missing it the soul stone. That's the last one we're missing. Adam Warlocks. Then. So here's uh, here's what my shawarma is going to be, and I okay. it's it's no secret about mine. I've I've been talking about this for like years. I feel like right. And you, I've probably Howard the Duck talked too. about it on this on this podcast once or twice. Um, so we have. We we cut to the Sanctum Sanctorum in New York City, and a, it looks like a meteor is falling from the sky and crashes through the roof onto Stephen Strange's couch. Uh, as the debris kind of settles, we see a rather beat up and torn up uh, Peter Quill helmet all busted, just kind of looking, looking like around kind of frantically. Uh, Stephen Strange is kind of like, Oh, like, you know, what's going on kind of thing. And he just looks at the camera and says, Thanos is coming. And (gasps) that, that would be my shawarma. That's your, that's your booster gold doomsday moment. Yeah. No, that well, that's that's literally think- right out of uh, Infinity Gauntlet, I think. Except with instead of Star Lord, it was Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer crashing yeah. right in. That's yeah. good. That would be. I like it a lot. That would be perfect because, like, I, 
I thought I heard it's going to be Thor 2 that Doctor Strange is going to be in there. So that would be a good bridge into the next Thor movie. Because remember, remember, remember oh, yeah, back in the day, they used to like bridge these fucking things together. Yeah. And now they're just like, who cares? You have like Bruce Banner talking on a couch with Tony Stark. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't really mean anything. Like, let's bring it back to that. Well, they, yeah, it's going to be Thor. The, what are they, they did again. it. Uh, they did it in Ant-Man, right? They had the, the little snippet from Civil War where they've got Bucky in a vice. Yeah. That made yeah. zero sense in, out of context. Yeah. And then in yeah. and then in Doctor Strange they've got they've got Thor, ha- he's having a nice little nice little chat yeah. on Bleecker Street. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Well, it's like like the, there was a while where they lost their way, and I think they should really just get back into that, kind of let things kind of do what they do. Uh, that was a fun one. Everyone had a pretty quick answer. It was great. Oh, oh, other Dave, we forgot about other Dave. So other th- Dave thinks because. Why not? It does have to do with like very like galactic stuff. Why not? Silver Surfer makes an appearance somehow. Oh my god! Don't even tease me. It's not it's never gonna happen. You know, it I may not ever happen, but you never know. I mean, we haven't heard anything news about it. We haven't seen Silver Surfer since Fantastic Four two. You know, they could possibly make Silver Surfer again. If they got the rights back to Fantastic Four, I would lose my freaking mind, mm. <laughs> big time. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. Um. And speaking of great, that's that's it. That's all. We, I should I should end with that. Speaking of great, we're done. Thank God. That's what. Yeah. You know. Um. Guys, thanks everyone for hanging out tonight. We all appreciate it as always. You had a, a pretty good live showing, and uh, special thanks to everyone who listens over on iTunes, SoundCloud, follows us on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, right here on twitch.tv slash badcoyotefunky. Uh, feel free to leave a little, little bit of a rating on iTunes and Google Play if you like, if you if you feel so inclined. Um, we literally spent zero money, kind of like promoting this, so. Pretty much when you guys say, hey, you should listen to them and do the things and the stuff. That's that's how we, we get more people to come in. So, um, you know, continue to do that. And we super appreciate it. And guys, enjoy seeing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. We will be back here next week at this time so we can all talk about how awesome or not awesome the movie is. I'm hearing good things. So I'm keeping awesome. That's what I'm going to say. It's awesome. Uh, gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next time, or we will see you another time. Or never. Bye. We'll see you never.